Hey, you got Frank from the Everyday Sniper, and we got a busy episode today. I got Jim O'Shaughnessy from Prime Ammunition on, and Jim's going to talk about what's going on this week with Prime, some of the situation with Ruag, as guys may have seen the video that Jim put out. So I want to get it from the horse's mouth. Jim, thanks for calling in and being on the Everyday Sniper podcast. You bet. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, we go. You and I go back a long way, man. I know you, you're in a kind of a uh, place right now, but uh, I want to just kind of have you introduce people. Prime sort of hit the market in a in a quick, quiet way. Like, you know, it's like, who's these Prime guys? And, you know, why are they so popular all of a sudden? Because when you did go to a match, you saw more Prime ammunition as far as boxed ammo than pretty much anybody else in your stuff isn't sold on a shelf. It's not like you can walk into, you know, your local Cabela's and pick up some Prime that guys had a mail order from you, which we're going to talk about that experience too. But just go into your background and history of what started Prime, where your mindset was, and and then how you and I met. Absolutely. So I, I, I did see a, a bit of an opportunity in the uh, direct-to-consumer ammunition space and to to try to you know build a bit of a lifestyle brand a lot of these are cliches that people throw out there but i I saw this opportunity uh to do that nobody else had really been doing that very much and so i approached multiple different manufacturers and things like that and and uh we 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 struck a deal with uh with rueg ammo tech and things went well and in meeting you um it's a funny story. I love to tell a story. If, if you're okay with it, I'll, I'll quickly just tell the story how we met. Yeah, man, we got time. We got plenty. We got as much time as you need. So definitely, okay. I think people like okay. some of the history, the historicals in the story, the behind the scenes, Frank. Well, it's a pretty unique one because I'm, I'm, I'm I think I was getting ready to shoot a stage at the Gap Grind. Um, George and Shannon put on a really great um, match that I think most people are really well aware of to to introduce new shooters into the community and and they do a fantastic fantastic job at the gap grind up at uh, shannon's yeah this was uh, the pro-am at k&m in tennessee yes it was and it was yes. the first or second one well the first one i think was at core or which is altis but then it mm-hmm. went to the tennessee was the second one maybe yes yes okay so anyway I, I was lucky enough to get out there and 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 be a very small part of that and um this guy comes up next to me and says hey i'm i'm gonna be short uh, for ammunition on, on this, at this match, I heard you might have some stuff, you know, let me have some or whatever. And, and you were very nice about it. And I said, sure, here you go. Yeah. It was, a, and, I was uh, a box short. It was like, yeah, a two, short, yes. it was a 240 round count. And I said, damn, Oh, I messed it up. Cause I did the zero the first day and I used, cause I flew some of my ammo right. just to give people my side of it. There was some ammo messed up and I was around short. And I don't remember, I think it might've been George who said, that guy's doing new ammo, and he's got a bunch of six five Creed with him. You should ask him because he's he's been giving out boxes or something. They told me that you mm-hmm, were a mm-hmm. new startup. Well, that sounds right because uh, you know I'll talk more about it later. But George was really influential and, and helpful in a lot of this stuff, as were a lot of people. And so I said, "Sure, here you go. I gave you a box." And then somebody comes up to me and goes, "Do you know who that was?" And I said, "No, I don't." You know, because I'm an outsider to the industry. I didn't have any clue as to who anybody was uh, by face. I knew a lot of the names. And they said, that's Frank Galley. And I said, oh, the sniper's hide owner guy. Yeah. And they go, yeah, that's him. I said, wow, that's great. He got some. I'm going to try to talk to him what his experience was with it at the end of the match. And so come the end of the match, 
I went to look for you and, and, and like, I couldn't find anybody except there was this huge uh, 300 people all gathered around the, um, the garage door there at K&M. And uh, I said, what's going on? So I went over there and there's you in a blonde wig wearing a Speedo and a pair of combat boots and that's it. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> so many people are all over you. So I guess you lost a bet or something? What yeah, happened? it was a, a shenanigan thing with Maxine Nix and stuff and she bet me, right, that I wouldn't put that on. And the, you missed the funny part inside the door to the garage with her and her niece there. But yeah, that was the whole situation. <laughs> it was a bet. And they're like, and, and they're like, you won't wear a blonde wig and a speed. I'm like, why wouldn't I? <laughs> well, that, that gave me a lot of insight into the kind of guy you are. And so I, I like that. And everybody else was taking pictures and I could not, I physically could not get to you. And so I thought, well, okay, it's Sunday. I need to get to the airport and get out of here. So, uh, you know, like, there goes my opportunity to talk to, you know, this guy who's influential in our space. And so I get home and it was either Monday or Tuesday. I see, you know, I see the orders come through and I see a case of six, five Creedmoor and a case of 260 going to you, to your, to where you live in, in Denver, Denver area. And, and I thought, I'm not going to call this guy. You know, we call a lot of people, uh, we call everybody when they make their first order and say, thank you. And we try to call people when they make their subsequent orders and say, thanks and just chat with them a bit. And uh, I'm not going to do this. I don't want Frank to think I'm trying to influence them. And so I think by the weekend or even sooner, you had um, a video up of a six inch group at 1200 yards with the 1260 and backing up just a little bit. My experience has been, but normally somebody that has your reach um, basically can call you and and um, sort of you know not do what you did. They, they, they can be a little demanding and say this is what you're going to do and that sort of stuff. And and uh, I got to the point where we made a rule: we just we just don't give ammunition out to people in in situations like that. We're just not going to do it. And and uh, you didn't do that. You paid full price. You never asked me. You didn't call me. You didn't say you know who I am. Nothing. You just bought it. Then you make this video, uh, small group at, at 1,200 yards, and and uh, we've been selling really well ever since. So you played a really significant role in that. And and the thing for me that was really interesting too is because other people too were like, you know, if your stuff's not good or there's a problem with whatever, you know, Frank's gonna he'll he'll call that out. He's he's in very direct, honest. Mm -hmm. A reviewer of things. They probably so told you, you I was a dick, right? If you fuck something. Yeah. Well, yeah, well they, you know, they may I'm have used the bad word, right? <laughs> they, they might have. But the, 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 they did use the F word about you, and it's not the one that people think. It's fair. They said the one thing about Frank is that he is fair. And I said, well, then that's all anybody can ask for. And you really were. You were more than that. And then I eventually did get a hold of you and, and thanked yeah, you and all Yeah, stuff. you called me after. I remember we spoke yeah. after. And then we got together somewhere, and we ended up going to dinner and stuff. It was another match. I don't remember yeah. where it was, if it was the same or mm -hmm. somewhere else. But we went. It was a weird place, wherever we went. I remember. It was like a weird restaurant somewhere. But um, I do remember that. And, and basically – what we did was you basically said, yeah, okay, let's go. And then you're, you're like, okay, what's the deal? What, what are you guys about? What are you trying to accomplish? And, and you know, what is prime all about? And I said, Hey, listen, this is, this is really important to us because I've rejected one style of marketing. That's pretty saturated. And I want to go after uh, the su support lady shooters, youth shooters, and, and uh, really take a different approach. And um, I said, you know, do you think that can be successful? And you said, yes. And, and that the community needs that. And there's, there's good opportunities for all that. And then I told you, you know, our whole story that, you know, it's too long to go into here, 
But then you said, okay, here's my deal. I want a company that that can produce good factory ammunition that's good enough to compete in uh, PRS matches and things like that to be successful. So um, I will help anybody who does this. I, I'm happy to help companies, and and I do that. And and I, you know, let's let's walk before we run and get, and get into this. And and you you did that. You. You did it. Well, I also kind of revamped your prices too. I was like, this is too expensive. Nobody's going to buy it. I I, I kind of made some demands. I did kind of do that, but in your favor, I said, Hey man, the Copper Creeks, the ABs are selling two sixty for $50 a box. Cause you originally like 52 bucks a box, which was in line with the other brands. And I'm like, dude, the only I said, is it really that much more to make 260 versus 65 Creed? Because your 65 Creed was at that $28 a box. Right. And I'm like, can't you balance the 52 closer to the 28? Because 260 suffers from that. And and you only had the one lighter bullet in the whole thing. So I'm like, hey man, listen, if you want to compete, your prices really should. And to your credit, you went in the backside of your website like while we were on the phone. And changed the price and said, go look at it now. And you adjusted it because it was early enough in your, in your, uh, in your beginnings that not a lot of people would notice a price change like that. You probably had very few sales at the time, especially 260. That's right. And then, you know, from there, when I started talking about it, it increased, but I had brought the price down considerably and you went along with it and you didn't have to do that. But when you did, then it's like, okay, Jim's a square guy. Well, I, you know, whether I am or not, I, I can at least listen. And you do have a, a significant uh, reach and following. You haven't been doing this for, you know, a month. It's been 15 years. How long? Yeah. Longer than that. I mean, two, yeah, longer than that. well, so. 18 years for the site, but I mean, longer yeah. if you count when I went in the service, but yeah, for a long while. Yeah. So I, you know, I just figured I need to, I really do need to pay attention and listen to this guy. If he's willing to, uh, to mentor what we're doing a little bit to just to do that. And so I did. And, uh, but so, you know, uh, I give you more credit than you give yourself. You were very helpful. Um, and you really, you really helped bring us along and, um, we're always going to be very grateful for that. And, and, uh, you know, just publicly right now, thank you for being fair. Um, you're, I know you're the guy who will, will, get in a fight about something and um, I've seen it happen and I, I respect that. And I think that's a huge draw that when, when people turn on your, your content and they look at it, they know that it, it is genuine and that they can trust it because you, you are, you're going to be fair in whatever you do. And we, we respect that. I, I mean, I, and I told you straight up, if it didn't work, I'm going to walk away. And, and, oh, and, absolutely. and yeah. honestly, the, the, the recipes you put together and we should go into this on the backside as well. I mean, you talk about mm-hmm. that you went with that Ruag Amotech and, you know, they come over and, and they're sort of the Swiss Lapua and they have that. So there was quality there, but you didn't see any real sales in the U.S. Like I knew Ruag from like Ashbury, who's doing our Sniper's Hide Edition rifle. Mm-hmm. Like when mm-hmm. I shot their 300 Win Mag. I used Ruag, you know, their 300 win right. mag, which was good stuff, which was weird. And I, and I had always gone to you, Hey, how come you're not offering this? Ruag has it. You don't. And, and they had put certain restrictions on you for like, they, they want, and this will get into down the road, I guess, civilian versus military. Cause Ruag's known for their military sales, their defense mm-hmm. contracts. 
And so they wanted to separate the calibers in a lot of ways, which was weird because you got 308 and 338, but you didn't have 300 wind mag. Right. You know, but then there on the other side to go to the 6.5 world, it was the, the Norma brand, which is still them. They have the Norma, mm-hmm. RWS, the even the 22 stuff, which we'll talk about your 22 stuff, which is fantastic. But mm-hmm. that's even what Dynamite Noble and what's the major brand like that is the, the their brand under the 22? Is it Dynamite? Yeah, they have a se- several. Dynamite Nobel, they have RWS as a big one that a lot of people know. And it's all made in Firth, Germany, right next to Nuremberg. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's great stuff. And to me, it was it was good. I like the fact you guys went with like the 130 bullet weight um, mm-hmm. versus the heavier stuff. Although I did try to argue with you guys for the heavier and in which kind of when we get into the RUAG side of things, it's funny because I remember you and I at a shot show two years ago, three years ago, it's probably three mm-hmm. now more um, when you first came out. I wanted you to do like a 139 grain 260 yes. load. And I yep. and 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 Ruag's like we don't make a 139. I'm like, yeah, you do. I have it. And they're like, no, we don't. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm with the I'm sitting at the Trump Tower. I remember we're at Trump Tower in Vegas. We're having breakfast. They're watching. Remember the guy yelled at us because we were there. He was trying to watch the football game over our conversation. Yeah, I do. I remember that guy. Yeah. And 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 so um, I'm like, hey man, do the 139. It'll be great. Your 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 FMJ 139 is a good bullet. I have a bunch. We don't make a 139. So when we get home from Vegas, I went in and got the box. I cut the friggin' numbers in the the specs off the box and took a mm-hmm. picture and sent it to you and said, hey, send this to Ruag and let them know this is their <laughs> bullet. which which surprised me you know but it doesn't but i i have to say the loads you created and and you credit george and those guys for the recipe they worked and they carried out to distance because the lighter bullets just maintain that speed and velocity a little longer and they worked for where i was and everything i was doing they made me look good well, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. And, and, you know, I do credit George because it's true. And just a quick note about that is that so much of the success that has been prime has really nothing to do with me. Right. I mean, I've, I've got, I've been very lucky and that's not just that old shucks, you know, um, fake, uh, thing. I mean, we, we've been very lucky with a lot of things and, uh, George and I had an interesting meeting. Um, he was introduced to me by, uh, Jason Davis, a, a, a good friend of ours, part of prime who's been great. And I explained what we're doing to George, and he's heard the story so many times for about so many things, and it's pretty typical in our industry that, you know, people have this, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. And and, uh, and I said, hey, listen, no, I, I, really, it's the guy who's in charge of all this is across the street. Would you like to come meet him? And George finally said yes. So we went over there, and that was the CEO and chairman of, of Ruag Amotech, and, and uh, George said, is this true? And he said yes. And he said, okay, well, then here's what you need to do. I, I – obviously he has his finger on the pulse of what's important in precision rifle world. And he shared with us what should be done. And then he invited me to go uh, to a, um, a military training um, uh, that he was putting on for some, um, some people in the Navy. And so I, w- I got to go to that. I got to be around those people. And, um, you know, it literally was one of those things where I opened up my laptop sort of late at night around the, around the table and, and started asking people questions and George, uh, some of the people that are in the Navy there 
one of them now he's out uh now I yeah can joe talk about yeah yeah i know joe dawson right right he, he he had input on all this and uh we literally filled out the worksheets for for the ballisticians at in this particular case at norma for the 260 and the 65 so they're the ones that came up with these formulations they're the ones that knew about these things not me i i can't take any credit for any of this and we sent them in and Rueg did a Excellent job. They they did what they said they were going to do in that regard and, and um, made good ammunition and sent it to us. And it all worked out really, really well. Um, but again, I'm not um, – I can't sit here and tell you I'm a ballistician and I knew to do that. I did not. Right. I mean really you're just reselling and marketing and you created this great brand. You you went out. You were at matches. <laughs> I mean, you were you were sponsoring. You're 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 dealing with the customer, like you said. You're calling. I mean, we're putting stuff on Sniper's Hide, and guys are like, "Holy cow!" The president called me. The CEO of Prime called me. Man, I made an order. I ordered, you know, five boxes, and the guy called me up. You know, so we were getting that kind of feedback daily from people, which is mm-hmm. how you grew that brand. And and really, because the way we're going time wise, let's let's leap forward a little bit. And fast forward, so now you're a successful brand. You're looking to expand Prime, go into the 6.5 Psalm 4S. You're you're looking to do 6 Creed more. And so you kind of go into these renegotiations with Ruag, which seems to be like the beginning of the problem here, that you had had a, a structure set up. Because, I mean, who's buying millions of rounds of ammunition and coming out of their pocket with it? So you had a sort of mutual beneficial agreement. And I mean, we got to kind of get a little wonky here and behind the scenes, but explain to people because that's become the biggest question that I'm seeing on the high. Uh, we posted sure. your video yesterday, your response for the lawsuit and everything going on. And this all fell apart and guys are basically saying, well, you owed them money and they're just basically saying you get no more credit with us. But that's not quite how it worked out because there was not only a change of hands on their side, there was a rechange of agreement because you were looking to expand the line and not actually pull back from it. Yeah, so that's not it at all, right? I mean, there's a there's three sides to every story. My side, their side, and the truth. And whoever's closest to the truth should prevail in a just proceeding. And, and that's all we're asking for. So first of all, let me really make this a very important point. Um, we we don't hate Rueg Amotech. We they're they're good people there that do good work. Um, we've we've for a long time had a very good relationship with them, and we're, and we're in no way looking to bring any harm to them. We would like very much for them to uh, you know I am disappointed. I will say, uh, but I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I'm not taking it personally. They they have a um, Rueg has a ten a, 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 a code of conduct that's very good, and they have ten golden rules. You know, number three is we keep our word by saying what we do and doing what we say. And that, that's all I'm asking them to do. So with that background, I will tell you that we struck a very good, mutually um, beneficial agreement with Rueg Amotech. And part of that agreement was financing, as you referenced, for the first two years. And when that expired, that expired at about the same time that uh, Rueg Amotech's longtime CEO and chairman, Ru- uh, Cyril Kubelka, retired and they brought in a new guy, uh, Christoph Eisenhardt. And so there was a changing of the guard there from the management. And it was right at the time our deal was our finance piece of our long-term supply agreement was expiring. So he had a lot to do. He was very busy and he really couldn't 
uh, it was very fair that he couldn't really get around to me for a few months. And we had to wait until SHOT Show 2018 to meet and, and finalize where we're going after our um, financing had expired. And so the deal with that was we didn't face any default risk on the any ammunition that might be left over from the initial two-year period. And this is the wonky part that you talked about. It's very important for people to understand this. We, everyone thought uh, Hillary Clinton was going to win the presidency, and when she didn't, there was you know major concern that all these plans you know had to be changed drastically. And we did change some of them. The whole Prime Club guaranteed ammunition thing went out the window because now nobody needed that, and we redoubled our efforts to you know do our side of the equation that you referenced earlier, customer support, the branding and, and, and building that demand. And it worked for whatever reason it worked. And we're very grateful for that. And so they didn't want to uh, leave us and, and we didn't want to leave them. And so we met and we made an agreement for them to loan us the ammunition that remained. It was $2.4 million worth of remaining ammunition, wholesale inventory. So we made a loan they, we shook hands, which, you know, people are referencing this a little bit on the uh, high, but where I'm from, and let's be 100% crystal clear about this, a handshake means an awful lot. Now, that might sound like a hokey, naive thing, and it's not for sharky business, but where I'm from, a handshake means everything. And we shook hands. We made a deal. We then reduced that deal to writing over the next several days through a series of emails. And then we agreed to move forward under those terms. And I uh, did that, and we we made interest payments on this loan. We operated under for five and a half months. This, you know, everything you would imagine, we did. And so we drew down on that loan seven hundred seventy-two thousand dollars, or whatever's in the their complaint. And then at some point, and I don't really, I don't want to get into this too much because I don't want to make things harder for for anybody. But they decided that that's not what they wanted to do, and so they they wanted to go back to the way things were. And say, hey, you owe us seven hundred seventy-two thousand bucks. And I said, no, I don't. Uh, um, I, I owe you seven. Uh, the deal was every year at the end of the year we made a balloon payment, and during the year we made interest payments and FET payments. I made an interest payment. I made FET payment. And then they said, well, we just don't want to do this anymore, and let's go back to the way it was. And I said, no. And and um, that that's the the genesis of this entire fight. Now, we work back and forth. We negotiated in good faith. A lot of what they did was in good faith. And I give them credit for that. And we just got to the point where it wasn't working. But in the meantime, we did uh, sell some more ammunition and we did uh, pay them $593,000 uh, towards that seven uh, twenty-two for the year. And and they're saying, now this, this doesn't never existed. No, no deal. And we're saying, yes, it does. And it just got you know, to, to an impasse. And that's where we're at today. And so it's very important that people understand at a high level, they made us a loan. We started to pay off the loan, operate under it and all that sort of stuff. And then they just said, no, we're changing it back. So that's why we owe the money. We don't owe 772,000 or whatever is in the complaint. We actually, our, our position is that, you know, we, we're in a contract, we owe you $2.4 million, quite frankly. But they then, as an action that they felt they needed to take, took the ammunition. And so when they took the ammunition, we didn't have any way to uh, generate income to pay them anymore, right? I mean, they, they allowed us to sell it uh, a little bit after they took it, and then they shut it off. So, 
you know, it's, well, that's when they first tried to, uh, they went to me, they came to me and wanted to sell it really cheap. It was like cheaper than they were selling it to you. Mm -hmm. And I had asked them, I'm like, I doubled up. I'm like, are you sure this is good with Jim? Are you sure this is good with Jim? And they're like, no, it's great. And then, you Mm -hmm. know, the, like an hour after I posted it and everybody knew when it was going live, I started getting hit from three different ends from you, from John, from them. Oh, you got to take that down. We made a mistake. And I said, I told you guys that this can't happen and there shouldn't have been mistakes because I knew where the mistake was going to be. And I had said to them, don't do this. And I said, you Europeans are good at doing this. Don't do that. And they did it. And, And that kind of blew some things up. And I don't know if they shut it off after that, but I know we sold a ton of it like immediately when that, like that, that supplemental sale happened or November. Right. Right. You sold it through us and we worked together with you to do that and offer a good deal as a reward to your membership or, you know, how good the sniper site's been to us. And, and that's where that, you know, a bulk of that, some of those payments we were able to make throughout the year came from. And so um, here's the thing. And I don't want to get too much into the legal weeds again, where I make it hard for our lawyers or their lawyers or whatever, but, if, if you came upon a, a crate of Oakley sunglasses and it was a whole bunch of them and you decided, hey, I'm going to rent a building in uh, downtown Denver and I'm going to start selling Oakley sunglasses. If you did that, you would get a, a, a letter from the lawyers from Luxottica pretty quickly saying, you know, cease and desist. What are you doing? You don't, do, do, you don't have a license to, to deal in that trademark. And that's part of where we're at today. And, you know, the, and the other thing, um, well, the recipes, right? So that becomes the thing because you handed yeah. them the recipe for ammo. Well, it it goes back to George again, and, right? You know, this gen, this generates a lot of activity for him because people are going to bug him about it. But sorry, George. Um, the uh, George makes wonderful guns, and when he has good ammunition uh, access to it to run through those guns, he can sell more guns and that sort of thing. And uh, so there's a good business reason for him to help us, and for whatever other reason. You know, people who know George Gardner know that he he is a, a decent and, and, and good human being. And um, uh, I wouldn't suggest pissing him off. That's never a good idea. But uh, if, if you're fair with George, he's very fair with you. And he does go out of his way to do good things. He's, he's helped Mary Beth Olson like you can't believe. Um, he's, he's done things for some of our other shooters, and, and he is a very generous human being. I was going to say, so, he's generous in, in, in all facets. All aspects. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and so – he he wasn't doing this just to make himself more money. That's not what I'm trying to say. He he has other reasons that are that are more altruistic than than business based. But he is a sharp business guy too. So anyway, he 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 worked very hard with us, with the head ballistician at Norma again in this case. He he went above and beyond. Took meetings. Uh, um, lent his intellectual property, and 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 did things that you know were just flat out nice and. Um, he helped us again, once again, with the six Creedmoor formulation and the six five Psalm 4S. And um, it was great. And so finally, on August 21st, um, their general manager, the new general manager, sent me an email and said, hey, we're all ready to go. Uh, but if you don't send 100% prepayment on this and you have to wire it to us by noon tomorrow, we're going to take these components and load them under the Norma brand. And so that was a real, you know, kind of a wake up call. <laughs> yeah. Well, the wake up call came when they, when they just, without asking us and uh, 
had 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 uh, replicated this George's recipe under the six five Creedmoor line and put it under the normal line. And I I tried really hard to just be nice and say, you know, okay, gosh, I don't really particularly I'm not happy that you did that, but you know, I didn't want to upset them to the point where you know they saw the success of the six five Creedmoor and they said, you know, we I think I think in their mind said we deserve some of that success too. Let's put it under Norma and, and sell it ourselves. And so that was a bit of a wake up call, but, uh, you know, I'm a loyalty based human being. They had asked me to be loyal to them. They had, they had said, please don't go with any other, um, suppliers because, you know, look what we've done for you. And then to a large extent, they were right. And so I said, as long as you show us loyalty, we'll be loyal to you. And, and so this is, you know, August, things had started to break down. We're, we're in some pretty intense negotiations about, uh, you know, there's a second addendum to the contract. You know, what are you talking about? No, there isn't. And, you know, this kind of stuff. And so, you know, I took a risk and, and uh, we borrowed a significant amount of money and um, wired the money, wired it to them. And um, all the, you know, I sent them a purchase order. They sent me an invoice. The, uh, the invoice had all the stuff on it that we needed. Actually, I made a couple changes. They, they, they accommodated those changes. It was all great. We wired the money, 100% prepaid it. And they said, you'll have this, you know, on or before the end of October. And, you know, there was no discussion of, uh, you know, we're going to keep this money. Right. We we're not, we're, we're going to credit this towards the other stuff and not what you nothing, just did. Right. Nothing, nothing. And in fact, that whole other amount, it was in dispute. It was, it was being negotiated. It wasn't anything other and, than a... And people should kind of know out there, you do, because there's some questions that are coming up on where you're going moving forward. You do have investment, and there is sort of, I mean, just in conversations you and I have had, there's sort of two sides to that investment. One that's like, don't make waves, let's pay it off, and let's move forward. And there's another side that says, this is bullshit, you can't drop this hammer on us when we're mo- when we're in a good place. Let's push back. So there, there. So, so, they, yeah. It's not a case of Jim there by himself with his hands in his pocket, going, "Where am I going to get two point four million? You had investors, or you do? Well, we, we we have we have investors, and we have people who are were at the time interested in continuing to invest, and so. But once you get a lawsuit against you by you know a Swiss government owned entity. That has a chilling effect on what people are willing to do from a risk perspective. Sure. And and and, uh, and then they they look at your books, and now your books are you know if you're going to be honest about your books and show people, and I've always said if, if somebody wants to invest in Prime, I'll give you my back my bank statements, and in fact I'll give you my banker's number. Her name's Wendy, and you can call Commerce Bank, and you can get them to re- replicate the bank statements. That way, it's not a um, you know PDF that I've altered. And you can get it straight from the bank. I'll sign the sign the waiver that says I'm authorizing them to give them the real numbers. And then you can reconstruct our numbers so that you can then match whatever numbers your accountant comes up with with, with our unaudited financials. And there's been people that have taken me up on that. And you know, they're they're always very close. And so that's the level of transparency we're willing to provide. And and hey, we were we were because of the help of a lot of people, including you and organizations and groups. We were profitable. We made a nice profit in our second year of business on, on millions in sales. So it was, you know, it was a really significant thing. And so, um, yeah, we had people who were interested in investing saying, listen, you should go this way. Other people saying you should go that way. And we tried. The, the reason we were so quiet for so long is I, I can, w- with a clear conscience, tell you, I tried very hard 
for a long time to work something out with, with the good folks at Rueg Amotech. And it has unfortunately devolved into this a David versus Goliath situation where, you know, um, Again, I don't want to speculate too much. Yeah, on, I mean, on, we were fielding yeah. a lot of questions because you got you basically just turned around and put an out of stock because you were you put an out of stock out on the website. And I was getting pinged constantly because sure. people knew yeah. my relationship with you. And they're like, mm -hmm. Frank, what's going on with Prime? I'm like, well, they're working on it. And then when stuff came on the hide, there was a couple little threads where people were going, hey, this out of stock has taken too long. What's happening? And I said, well, you're sure. in negotiations and people are like, well, why aren't you talking? Why aren't you talking? Why aren't you talking? And it's like, well, no, because they're negotiating. I said, the Europeans are a little bit touchy on that. You can't go. And like we see now, and, and not to your negative, but to theirs, people don't like the, that bait and switch and that kind of like, yeah, that deal was okay, but we're not going to honor it. And, and however you look at, you know, how it was structured and what's going on. You were all were working to try to settle it ahead of shot in that whole thing. And so everybody was was hammering me like, why won't you talk about it? It's like, well, because you don't mm -hmm. want to aggravate one side versus the Correct. other. And and I think well, that's let important. me directly. It, it is. Let me directly address that, because I had respect for the people running Ruag Amotech, and I still have respect for the people running uh, Rueg Amotech and, and they were good to us and we've been good to them. And so there's a lot of good faith that was in existence and is being strained right now, but it's there. Well, on and your customer side to too, I mean, you can't, yeah, Rueg, you're, you're being like nice to Rueg, but let's go to your customer side. Cause this is where they're hitting me up. Your end user. Yeah. There were guys right. who were now married to prime and felt, but you, like you said, you didn't have a subscription service. And guys are coming in and saying, I'm his customer. He's got to keep me informed. And it's like, well, but mm -hmm. you don't have an open contract with them. You bought one, <laughs> you're done. You bought another, you're done. You know, once it's yeah. in your hand, that, but at the same time, they were demanding you speak up and acting oh. because they, they were buying monthly from you as if right. you let them down in the communication and the customer service side. So there was a negative snowball building on a, over hanging over your head forget an icicle you sure, had like sure. you had like a snowball on the on the front door of your house like you don't live where it snows but um, <laughs> i used to yeah i know what that means and yeah. so it, it, it's basically just getting bigger and bigger and looking to hit you on top of the head but you're still operating that this is all going to be salvaged and come you know, the day after SHOT Show, and this was prior to SHOT, the day after SHOT Show, mm -hmm. we're going to be announcing 6 Creedmoor, 6.5 Psalm, on top of our 260, 6.5, and all the other calibers we're shooting. So you're thinking, hey, man, there's, there's, there's a bucket of gold at the end of the rainbow. I'm not going to mess this up by insulting the leprechaun. And well, certainly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's probably a better way to say it than I did. But, you know, you know I want to I, I want to I, I held out hope that we could get something done. And um, it hasn't happened yet. And, you know, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I, I would like them to you know live up to what they said they would do. And so it, it's, it's pretty simple. Now, we we I made a decision, you know, of the good things that happen. I get to say we yeah. <laughs> because it's the truth. And, and these, some of these crummy things that have occurred are, it's me, it's I, um, I made the decisions that led to this. I'm the one who's responsible for us uh, getting in this position. And I'm the one 
that's going to be responsible for getting us out. And, and uh, I, uh, I want to sincerely apologize to everyone that we've let down at this point, uh, that I, not we, that I have let down because of this. And it, it, it is, I take it very seriously. Our customers are everything to us. And I did, it was not easy for me to make the decision to be so quiet. But then, then on the other hand, I really wanted to not be provocative and to, to poke the bear at all uh, in RUAG and to, you know, show respect and to try to get something done. And in retrospect with my, you know, 2020, 2015 glasses on for hindsight, of course I would have come out sooner had I known this is the way it was going to go, but I didn't. And so we tried and, uh, you know, I sincerely apologize to those that, you know, and the only hard part of this whole thing in terms of, uh, you know, really like emotionally tugging on me is we do support a lot of lady shooters and especially the kids. And so, it has been unpleasant to say the least without trying to like, Oh, you know, lean on the kids to make us look better or whatever. Um, it, it, it does suck when, when, you know, you've been able to supply kids with ammunition and now you can't. That, you, that part is, I can go down and film Mary Beth on like a street corner of sea Springs, you know, begging for, <laughs> for, for ammo, you know, wait, wait, yeah, wait, like mean, she could wear her prime Jersey, but cross right, prime out yeah. with some black electrical tape. And, uh, yes, and, right, and then yes. I can have her like, you know, We'll tin cup, tin cup. Yeah, up, we'll yeah. sweep floors for twenty-two. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in in just so in, in to kind of get off of the, this part of it because mm -hmm. I mean they can read. We posted the, the we posted the suits, the counter suit, all those. The and, and you guys put it in story form, and so it's not mm -hmm. so wonky on the on the on the court docket. It actually reads. Yeah, but, yeah. It, yeah, a, the lawyers did that. I think that was smart. Yeah. yeah, that it reads in a way you can understand, like cause and effect. How you created a market in the U.S., the big guys are now looking to take advantage of it because in their mind it's like, well, hey, you know, they're already in. And there was some stuff. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, coming off a shot show, weren't they saying like the military 6-5 Creed, they wanted Norma Brass and not Hornaday or Federal? You mean the military themselves? Yeah, like they were trying to. I think it's a, it's more it's more the bullet. They're saying uh, the burger uh, hybrid one forty. Some of the groups want that. I haven't heard too much about the brass. Oh, because I, I had heard that about do, brass, yeah. and that was part of it because the army, the AMU, and stuff uses normal like mm -hmm. six five or six XC. Right. So they, they, yeah, they, they do that. have a relationship on that Norma Ruag side in their competition mm -hmm. stuff with mm -hmm. the XC as factory. And, and so there was some word out there that part of it was this, but on on the forward thinking side, it, it, now you can kind of come out and say you are looking to diversify. You are talking with other companies and there are people who directly compete with RUAG that oh, yeah. would be yeah. happy to make you ammo because there's a lot of people on the hide and other places saying, well, even if you come out of this, unscathed and zero out where do you go from here super fair questions and so we have quite a plan and going back to you know me um i'm not just falling on my sword and some goofy statement that it's my fault I, I did this and so the the main thing that i did was to not have more than one supplier now if you read through if people go and read all these agreements they're all public documents now and um you can, if you, if you so choose, you can read through all this. You can see that we, we had a pretty good deal and they had a pretty good deal. And then it made sense to, uh, to be loyal to one another. And, uh, so, so I don't, I don't feel badly that I was, but, but business one-on-one don't have one supplier. So we're never going to, again, 
Um, I would still work with, I'd work with them today. There are people that think I'm nuts for saying that, but I would under the right conditions with the right things in place and, and, and safeguards. But um, I would still work with them. And we're going, we have been inundated, especially now in the last couple, 48, 72 hours, I mean, uh, 36 hours. But even before that, we have met with multiple different component suppliers that are as good or better than RUAG in, in whatever sense. Uh, similar pricing, we, we can still put all this together. If, if we had our, uh, our capital that's tied up right now, we, we'd be doing it right now. And uh, we have a plan for that as well. But suffice it to say, without getting into the weeds too much, we have multiple suppliers. Many of them are US-based, which I'm very happy to say. And uh, it, it's very likely that we could put a 100% or nearly 100% US-made product uh, together and, and get back into business very quickly. And, and perhaps when we have a little more time, you could have me back at you know, maybe another podcast and I can give a lot more specifics on that. But there are very detailed plans in place right now and we are ready to go as soon as, we don't have to wait for this lawsuit to be over. We, we need to be um, funded with some, some source of uh, capital to work with these groups and, and get going. They're good groups, they're good people. We've met with them. We have uh, agreements ready to be signed and uh, two or more suppliers for every component going forward. And, and, and I told you, I had a couple big ones call me like, really, can they do this? And I'm like, yeah, I think they can, man. You know, I've been to your warehouse. I've seen some of the numbers you put down and I had a few people looking to vet your approaches call me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, That's right. I remember. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's like, yeah, I think they are in that, in that block. And they were like, wow. You know, cause there are groups out there. I mean, it's ammo so diverse, but at the same time, there's only so many core people who make it. And right, so when right. you start to see the actual these, components, themselves. Yeah, yeah, the off brand stuff that does well. And it's like, Oh, that brand's doing that well. And it's like, yeah, they really are, man. They're moving that much product and everybody's using it and they become a household name. And and so they went, oh, okay. And and you were given some, you know, generous numbers, but in my mind, realistic. And, and well, I, I, again, if anybody, you know, if we get in a position with somebody where they need to vet these things, uh, we're an open book. They can look and see that the money came in, where it came from, how it came in, what product, it, you know, we have all those numbers. And so we're happy to share them. But um. You know, we're, we're kind of like in no way am I trying to link ourselves or say we're anything like a Nike or some brand like that. But, you know, how many shoes did Nike make last year? I have no idea. <laughs> None. They don't make shoes. Oh, that okay. Yeah, I get where you're going. Yeah. 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 They don't own factories that make shoes. They, they might have a 3D printer in Oregon that's, you know, here's a prototype. They don't make shoes. And so I don't if, – if we don't ever have to, I don't ever want to make – ammunition components and that sort of stuff. Uh, I want to work with a team to do well by doing good. I mean, we, we love the people that we uh, supply free ammunition to and, and travel costs and, and work with the lady shooters and the kids. That's awesome. Makes this very fulfilling. And, you know, people, everyone out there understands that if mom's shooting, everyone in the family's shooting. And, and uh, you've been great about being supportive in all those areas. So, we have, we have things that are near and dear to us, including making money, all right? Capitalism is the one thing in the world that has proven itself time and time again to be, you know, so far, I don't know of anything better uh, yet. And so you, you, you must make a profit and then you can choose what you want to do with that profit. And, and uh, those choices for us were easy. And so we, we want to be the brand. We want to have the customer relationship. And, and look at our model. 
we sell direct to the end user. We do have some dealers around the country and we like the smaller mom and pop shops that are helping kids and ladies and doing the right things. But we, um, we like that direct model because then we get to have a relationship with our end user who, if we earn it and continue to earn it, they'll stay loyal to us. We can ask them questions. We can learn about what their needs are and what they're willing to do and not do and, and uh, respect them and earn their business. And some people are like, you know, that's an old fashioned way. You got to have distribution. You got to work with Cabela's or whatever and stuff like that. So we reject that um, with the internet the way it is today with delivery systems, uh, like FedEx and UPS and others. Uh, and then all the systems that are there, you can easily manage the relationships of, of tens of thousands of customers. And because we started fresh, we were able to make that decision where other major manufacturers of ammunition and the brands that, that are behind some of them or in front of them, uh, they can't do that because if they upset one or two large uh, distributors, they're, they're toast. So there goes 30, 40, 50, 60% of your sales. We're, we're not tied to that. And uh, it's just a decision we made, how we want to operate. It's much more fulfilling to know every single one of your customers instead of, you know, three guys and gals that have, you know, there are three distributorships. Right, I, right. I, prefer, I prefer our method. You know, Bob, who fills, you know, three stores and, you know, Jane, who fills six stores. And now those, those are the only people, you know, instead of the ones coming into those three and six stores buying all that ammo, where now, you know, all those people, including the Janes and Bobs out there, you know, so. Well, yeah. And, and this leads to what we see right now. I want to make two points. And that is, first of all, I, I, I've been, I, I, I don't want to say surprised because it sounds disrespectful, but I've been. Um, very, you know, very uh, heartened by the response that people have had, that we've had an overwhelming amount of support since we, we became public with what's going on yesterday. And uh, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm speechless. To, to, I just don't know. It's just amazing what people have done. Yeah, it was very, we, very went, we went to four pages in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Facebook was it was everywhere there. People were sharing your your video. And, and I think you yeah. did a really good job of addressing it. And that's the difference that I don't think they understand is that you went out and shook hands with actual users. You picked up the phone and said, thank you for your order. We appreciate your business. It wasn't a generic note. You know, it wasn't a note from mm -hmm. Jim with a, with a photocopy of your signature. It was a phone call. And, and that resonated with your end user. <laughs> well, that goes back to my childhood. Grew up on a farm. We had vendors that would call and say thank you. And uh, my dad really liked that. My mom liked that. That's just stuck in my head since I was a kid. And I thought that that's a respectful, proper way to... Uh, to thank people. It's not hard. I've made a lot of these calls myself. Uh, my wife's made a bunch of the calls. We've had other people to make those calls. And, you know, we were told at various different times with various different people that that's, you can't scale that. You'll never be able to, I mean, we've made thousands and thousands of calls and it does work. It's easy to do. And we're going to continue to do that. And, um, you know, I, I want to touch on this. Uh, people have been asking us and just, you know, what can we do? How do we, can, can we send money for your legal fees? What, what, you know, how can we help and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, frankly, Ruag is an enormous company. They have the backing of the Swiss government. They have they have extraordinary financial advantages over us. And um, we, we did not enter into this uh, without a lot of um, thought. And, and one of the things now that has come up, we thought about before this, and then now it's really validated is, the, is this, and I've spoken to you about it, is a crowdsourcing opportunity to fund our legal bills. Yeah, go and, fund me. Um, 
Yeah, and so I don't think we can use a GoFundMe because it's ammunition days, but we, we have set up now, by the time that, I know this is recorded, and, and but by the time that you air it, it's, it's very likely that we'll have uh, primelegalfund.com, primelegalfund.com set up. Uh, we've opened a separate bank account to keep all the, the uh, accounting completely separate. And um, because of our, our need for, to, you know, to have a legal battle against an unlimited resource entity, and um, a lot of what people have said, uh, we, we are going to try to do this. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and accept um, uh, donations from people who have asked to donate. And we're going to keep it completely separate. There's no mingling of funds with our operating account. This money goes to pay for our legal bills. Um, there'll be a lot of questions uh, about um, what if there's extra money and what do you do with it and all this sort of stuff. And we are going to address all of those questions and be very open and transparent about it. I mean, you know, we put up our, our response to the lawsuit. We put up their lawsuit. Um, I, all these reporters that are calling me, asking me to, to do interviews and stuff like this, this is, you know, the first one we've done. Um, we've done another one with, uh, um, Sean Utley and his, his group that I think will air pretty soon also. And, um, but we say the same thing to everybody, get both sides of the story, call them, ask them for comment. Um, we're not hiding anything. I, I mean, I, I've been, my lawyers are saying, you know, don't be too open. There's stuff you're going to want to hold back. And yeah. All that. And, and, and honestly, I'm, I want to just tell people you were, there was a lot of trepidation and even just doing this. Cause like I was talking to you and I was like, Jim, you're being starved out, man. I said, they got right. you locked down and, and, and yeah, they're hanging out, you know, negotiating for lack of a better word. But meanwhile, time all is they on were, their side. yeah, all they were doing was starving you out. And well, time, I, time's on their side. Yeah. Time's on their so side. I, and, I, and so yeah. you, you resisted it and, and a go, everybody's been asking about some kind of GoFundMe account, which is great that you guys are setting that up because fighting a Goliath is a tough deal. They do have a, a lot deeper pockets than you, but I think your brand loyalty and the fact that so many, like I said, four pages in 24 hours on Sniper's Hide and at least three quarters of them offered up support financially. Overwhelming. Yeah. Over, I, I, it's not easy. I am not the kind of person, and I don't expect anyone to believe this, but I'll tell you, I, I am not the kind of person to ask other people for help. It's very difficult to do. And, and uh, in fact, I didn't. And a lot of people are offering it to even to the point now where it's, it's overwhelmingly obvious that we need to do this. And um, it, it is, it's one of those things where it's hard to describe the feeling you get when hundreds of people contact you immediately and offer like real support. And, and you've had some it, big names offer stuff too. I don't, we don't have to mention have, yeah. anybody. You've yeah. had some pretty big names offering up support. Have, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's, there's clearly guys are recognizing you created a market in the U S or your own in, in a, in a pretty saturated place. <laughs> I mean, when you look at, you know, the federals and the Hornadays out there, sure. you're trying to wedge yourself between them and, and work off their crumbs you know, but you did a good job of bringing that to market with, yeah, granted a big company, but I mean, let's look at like a Lapua out there. Lapua is huge, man. And component wise, they do really well. Boxed ammo, not so much because it's slow and expensive. You mm -hmm. kind of balance that speed and the price tag where you'll see guys buy Lapua components all day. But how mm -hmm. many of them actually pull out a box of Lapua ammo? 
which is fantastic stuff and definitely on par with what you're shooting. Absolutely. But it's twice the cost. Well, here's the thing. I I spend, uh, again, our model, don't forget, people are saying, well, you're done. You guys are toast no matter what. No, we're not because our model is so unique. We cut out multiple layers of middlemen. And we are able to, uh, you know, continue to uh, to operate because we, we can make a nice margin and then pass a lot of those savings along to the end user. And, and let me be very clear about something. I've, I've spent a very large amount of time on the telephone with thousands of our customers over the last few years. And it's, it's, it's except for the kids and, and probably going to these matches and meeting the people that shoot our ammo and, and, and uh, shooting at targets, <laughs> you know, um, with them, uh, that's probably the most enjoyable part of, of my job is to talk to the customers. And uh, and sometimes, I think just to be nice or whatever, they'll say like, your stuff's so much better than such and such and, and this, that, and another thing. And I always stop them right away. And I say to them, um, hey, listen, I have huge respect for Federal. I have huge respect for the Hornaday organization. Jason Hornaday is, I've, I've been lucky enough to meet him and spend a little bit of time with him. He's a class act. He runs a phenomenal organization. He puts out wonderful products. He's a fair uh, human being to deal with. And um, we have a ton of respect for Hornaday. Uh, Lapua is you know, beyond reproach in terms of their quality. Um, the people that, that um, the capstone people are, are fantastic people. They've been nothing but helpful to deal with in, in, in the interactions we've had. And, and we go out of our way to make sure that we always we, we don't have to fake the high road thing. I was going to say you're not you're not interested in burning bridges, it. man, because it, it it's not really uh, uh, it, it it should have lifted all <laughs> boats, but at the same time, you know, situations change, and somebody says, "Ah, we're not going to do that like that anymore. We want to do it this way," and you can become a victim of it. Yeah, I mean, I I hate to ever. I never think of myself as a victim for for mistakes that I've made. I made these mistakes. I'm, I'm apologizing for them. I admit them openly. Um, you know, I'm 48 years old. I have decent business experience, but I, I am not the smartest guy in the world. I'm not the best business guy. I don't profess to be. I, I trust people uh, at, to, at their word, and I, I like other human beings. I genuinely enjoy people. And uh, if that's hokey or old-fashioned or whatever, uh, you know, I don't, sue me. And I guess they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Go ahead. Yeah. So well, we're, we're kind of coming up on the hour. Is there anything you want to touch on that we might have missed out that you want to address something you may have read on the hide or something that you read on Facebook that people are questioning? I, I, I think you covered it really, really well. You, you've talked about moving forward, that there is a plan and, and that you'll do it. You've talked about, you know, the, the historical of this side of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can get deep into the weeds. I, I recommend people looking at the lawsuit. But like, like you said, you know, you don't want to go and, and basically try to it, – it's three sides, and, and, yeah, you could talk to your blue in the face. That doesn't mean people are going to accept what you say, but it's out there. And, and I do think you're, you're uh, an, an honest reteller of what happened, you know, how, how – uh, again – Well, you know, I, pre- the- I appreciate that, Frank. I don't go around telling people I'm honest. I don't go around telling people to trust me. Um, spend time with me. Form your own opinion. Look at the facts. Come to your own conclusions. And I'm willing to stand up to that scrutiny and, and uh, go call the people at RUAG and their lawyers and ask them the same thing. I want to answer your question. There's three things I do want to mention quickly. And um, uh, one is, you know, again, we're going to have this primelegalfund.com site up. So, you know, we'll send out more announcements about that. But uh, m- more importantly, 
And I hope that you'll have me back on again at some point because we want to crowd design some of our next um, offerings. Yeah, products, order, uh, offerings, and and um, you and I have talked about this a lot. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I, I'll ask you right here uh, publicly: Will you uh, commit to working with us to crowdsource some of our next products and give us access to your your followers on, on the hide. Yeah. I mean, we've done that in the past and like the a five stock, you know, from McMillan was crowd sure. designed on snipers hide. I've talked to you several times. I think going directly to the customer, which snipers hide members and mm -hmm. saying, what is your wish list for any cartridge? That's not currently out there without you hand loading it. And you're mm -hmm. willing to look at that and say, does the market and, and go and, and let the market dictate it. Hey, how many people want this? Okay, there's 10 of you. How many people want this? Okay, there's 100 of you. How many people mm -hmm, want that? Right. Okay, there's 25. Let's go with 100 and let's make it. I think that's a genius way of addressing this because we've always been just given the ammo as the company wants to give it to us. And 99% of the time, those guys aren't shooters. We had it. We had this partially with Ruag Ammo Tech. We had this partially. They did listen. We did get to have the design sent in. We did get their attention. They were generous with their time and their resources. And um, but they're a big organization. There, it takes it takes like any other big organization. It's it was remarkable what they were able to accomplish in in moving it. But we are small. We're 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 looking now towards even smaller uh, American companies that are putting out phenomenal products. This so some of these comments that the guys are making, like oh you're toast anyway, like I mentioned earlier. They're, they're not paying attention respectfully. You know, I don't want to get into a fight with somebody on the forum, but respectfully, there are companies out there now that have modern, absolutely modern servo-based manufacturing equipment for brass that uh, came from one particular supplier in the Salt Lake City area that uh, three companies in particular have perfected it. Um, uh, yeah, we, we're, we're, we're getting so stuff. much better that you can actually create yeah. something that the that the end user wants. I'm with you on that. Quick, quickly, quickly from right. prototype to if it comes out of a, a well, George, Gar George Gardner's mind, it has an influence from you. There's uh you know fifteen thousand people on Sniper's Hide who have had their their say in it, and then and then we can get that produced in uh in short know, six order. months. Right, in, right. Yeah, it's, instead of there is no short order in ammunition. But, well, because you got to test it. Yeah, of, you got to test everybody's yes. chambers. You got to go and sprinkle it out there. You got to let Absolutely. us all shoot it. Hey, does this chamber in mind? Does it work? Does it do this? I mean, to find a load that works in the variety of rifles we're shooting this stuff out of on a factory side that's still like half minute or better. Great that's point. Tough. Great that's point. tough, yeah. man. Yeah. And, and so but we can do it quickly yeah. as opposed to two or three years. Well, because we you have resources. These guys don't. You have shooters. That's right. We have the direct relationship with them. We've mm -hmm. earned it so far, and we want to continue to to turn. Yeah, it can go away if if you don't care for it, and we're going to care for it. Yeah, yeah. So no, for darn sure, and 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 that's and that's a great point. So and and what's your other? Because uh, I I definitely we're sniper's height is behind you hundred percent. So whatever resource we have, you have. Thank you. So that Thank you that goes much. without saying. But uh, yeah. I think, I think, I think those are my only my, my only points, and uh, and and then also to, to again publicly thank you for the support you've shown, and um, you have played a, a very significant role in the in 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 the success of Prime and uh, helping a lot of people, and um, that's no small thing. And I I want you to know that everybody I speak for everybody on behalf of Prime to uh, 
to sincerely say thank you very much. No, you guys are welcome. It makes me look good, so I'm happy to do it, you know? <laughs> so, hey, awesome. no, that's cool. And, and definitely it's primelegalfund.com. That's right, primelegalfund.com. And uh, like I said, we'll be putting more stuff out about that. But um, I, I, I'm just I'm thrilled to see this outpouring. And uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you broke the silence. It's It's been great. I mean, it, it, everybody now knows you've stepped forward. It's public. They can mm-hmm, see it. Right. You, you pulled the curtain back in the filing. So I really don't see where there should be questions. The only question, you know, is where does it go from here and do you settle? But, uh, you know, whether it goes into a long, drawn-out court battle or everybody says, hey, nobody's going to win in this, let's kind of zero this out. Some- I, 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 would, I would settle this afternoon for something that's respectful to both organizations. I'd settle it today. And then second, um, if there's more questions or people really they want to do it, I mean, I'd, I'd give out my, I'd give out my uh, email address, which I will. It's jim at primeammo.com. But uh, we have a few people looking at support, support at primeammo.com. So – if, if you have a, a real need or desire to get a hold of me personally, let's use my email, jim at primeammo.com. Ask me. There's, there's, there's no question I won't consider. <laughs> uh, I know what the other thing that I was going to say was that I have seen some profane, very aggressive, negative um, uh, yeah, treatment towards, towards on Ruag and Norma and all that. Nor- Norma is owned by Ruag. Ruag owns a bunch of different brands in, in Europe. And, and, uh, Ruag's an acronym. So people know just like Audi. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, um, uh, I, I, I would ask people to, to be remain gentlemanly and ladylike in, in their, if they're going to, this is America first and foremost, and we have the absolute God given right to voice whatever we want as within certain restrictions in the first amendment. So let's be a hundred percent clear on that. I'm 100% behind that. However, I do ask, uh, I implore you, if you're going to express the displeasure or significant displeasure with Ruag Amotech, do it with, without profanity and do it as a lady and a gentleman. That's all I ask. But, but if you don't, if you choose to do those things, it's America and you do what you want. But I'm asking that people do that because I have seen some of that and as much as it makes me feel very good that they are letting Ruag know how they feel, I, I don't want it to be counterproductive. Um, yeah, we don't have I, to ad lib like the names, man. We can we can be re, we can be respectful and still give our disrespectful. I've gotten some yes. people have sent me letters they sent to him, and there's been some really really good letters that never call anybody a name and right. still yep. uh, relate their displeasure in the situation because guys have sent me letters uh, that they sent to Ruag. And mm-hmm. I've read them, you know, in the backside over the last couple of days. And there's been some sure. really good, respectful letters written. So, yeah, don't you don't have to get ugly. Be respectful. And, um, you know, definitely don't take that low road if you can help it. I know that's kind of a bit of the nature of the politics of things right now. But at the same well, time, let me let me just I want to tell one story before go we go. I know we're now we're about out of time. Yeah, we got time. We got as much time as you this need. This is I tell people this all the time because it's a really important thing to me is that, you know, people are, you know, what is, do you really you like you're in the ammo business? You like it. You know, there's all these bad, evil people that own guns and that they're they're these crazy, paranoid gun owners and they're bad. Yeah, ammo sexuals. Yeah, exactly. And I said, no, actually, my my actual empirical evidence from real experience is this i am not dealing with the general public as the point you just made um, in this example 
And I'm dealing with a subset of the general public and that's gun owners and they're different. Um, I would never call them param paranoid. I'd, I'd call them cautious. I would say that as long as you treat them fairly, you're gonna at least get a chance to interact with them. And, and here's a very specific example that, that what really hits home as to what I'm talking about. Most people buy cases of ammunition from us. And occasionally, and especially initially, people will buy a box just to see how it runs in their gun. Totally get it. Uh, they're, they're angry about the 13, 14 bucks that it's cost, but that's the minimum that you FedEx charges and I can't do anything about that. So they get it, they shoot it, they like it. They start ordering cases. We, um, one of the most important things about running an ammunition warehouse is having an angel in there that because it's shrinkage and theft is a huge issue for ammunition. And we've had uh, several really, really honest people working for us and they've never stolen a thing. And, um, which is a blessing, but I will tell you that occasionally they make a mistake. And, and the, the example I want to give you, Frank, is that people, sometimes they order five boxes, get, you know, do a hundred rounds and see how it tests out. And, and our guy would accidentally pull five cases. Now this happened five times that, oh. that, we, that, we, that we know of uh, and, and we can prove it. It only happened five times. And every single, because of the inventory that we take, every single time of these five times, the, uh, the people, and, and we did a very specific inventory very, uh, every two weeks. And so before we could get to that inventory, every single time the people called and said, I got 10 times more than I paid for and that's not right every single time. And so I'd call them back and say, Hey, listen, that's our mistake. We apologize. And you know what, go ahead and keep it. We're not going to punish you for being honest. And they said, well, no, that's not right. I'm not taking stuff I didn't pay for. And I said, well, I, I'll send you a label and you can send it back. Well, what other options are there? And I said, they said, can we just buy it? Can we just pay for it? And I said, yes, but pay my cost because that's, I think that's a fair and happy medium. Uh, we won't make any profit off you. Just pay our cost on it. Please don't tell anyone what our cost is and, and then, you know, we'll shake hands and you're good. And they did every single time. And I, you know, I'm like who else, if you're dealing with the general public and you order something and you get 10 times what you paid for, who does that? Who calls and turns himself in and says, I don't feel good about this. Right. Right. Gun, gun owners, gun owners. That's who does it. Gun owners are honest. They, they, they believe in the, in the core principles of, of the United States of America and its founding. And, and this constitution. And it is an absolute pleasure to spend the countless hours I spend on the phone with them. Uh, you know, ask around, you'll see. I wind up sometimes talking to people for an hour, hour and a half on the phone, just because they're interesting, fun to discuss things with human beings. And I look down at my watch and it's been an hour and 20 minutes. I'm like, man, I got to get going. But I just love it. I love that part of my business. So that's who we're dealing with. I want to make that point. That's why I know we're not going to go out of business. And we have, we have a, an edge over Rick, no matter how big they are, no matter how big they are, they cannot beat us at this aspect of our business. They're not set up for it. This isn't what they do. They make stuff. They put it to, to a, a legacy-based distribution model. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not disparaging it but it's different. They don't know the phone number, the email address, the name, the physical address. They don't know that about their end user. And we do, and we cherish that. And um, it is an absolute, I love this business. I've been in a lot of different businesses. I'm going to stay in this business. 
And I, I know we can win with the support of those people. We, we have an advantage that they cannot overcome. Nice. No, that's awesome, Jim. I'm glad you came out and talked about it. I'm glad you didn't kind of sit back and, and get dragged in, into starvation mode anymore. Um, this is we'll definitely have you back on and follow up. Uh, but I think you you addressed all the questions. You, you, you've laid this out as as personal as you can make it without it being ugly. And, and that's that's a you know, that's a, a, a testament to the person you are and why we've worked with you. And so that's a that's a great thing. But definitely, um, I think everybody's going to have a newfound respect for where you're going with this. And I think you're going to see the gun industry step up and support you here in the U.S. You know, like you said, it's it's it. I would like to see it. It's a great recipe. But because it's your recipe, I think you can translate it to whatever you want. And and I'm not sweating it. Um, I just want you to quickly, you know, get get yourself uh, back to where you were because it, it's it's no fun not having prime on the line. Well, with people like you helping us, that's it's that's what's going to occur. That's what's going to get us back. I cannot do this myself. Um, there's no secret in that. There's no shame in admitting that. And uh, I, I've been I've been very, very happy with uh, everything that people have done for us for, for since we started this a few years ago. And um, I, I just want people to know I'm very, very appreciative. Cool, man. We're going to we're going to end this. I'll stay on the line, Jim. I'm going to I'm going to close this out. You guys have been listening to Frank and Jim from Prime at the Everyday Sniper. Don't forget to share, comment, go over to the forum. You can read all the stuff about what Jim's going through. You can see his video that he posted that explains all this. The video's everywhere now. It went viral quick. And uh, just think that he made the, you know, the Everyday Sniper podcast one of the first places he discussed this situation on. And we're going to get this up for you ASAP so you guys can hear it. But thank you, Jim. And thank you to everybody out there listening. Uh, we're, we're, this isn't over. It's just the beginning. Thank you, Frank. All righty. <laughs>